This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've tuned in. Articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump are now in front of the full U.S. House, which is expected to vote on those articles sometime this week. Since the news about the call to Ukraine surfaced, polling has shown that more Americans support impeachment than oppose it. But after weeks of hearings, Democrats still have not been able to really close the deal with a lot of people. In fact, 538.com's tracker shows that number of people who support impeachment has been slipping slightly. So why is that? And could Democrats have done anything differently to build more support among Americans and maybe put more pressure on Republicans during this impeachment process. This is a question that I have been thinking about an awful lot over the last several weeks. Why is it that Democrats don't seem to be able to convince a vast majority of Americans that President Trump did something wrong in this call to Ukraine and that the level of that violation rises to the issue of impeachment. That's where we want to start the conversation today. And we really want to hear from you. Do you think these proceedings over the last few weeks have done anything to make a case for impeachment against President Trump? Are you still watching these hearings or have you tuned out? And do you think Democrats or Republicans are doing a more effective job making their case? Are Democrats really selling the idea that this is wrong and they must remove the president? Or do you think the Republicans are doing a better job of pushing back against that idea, either because they don't think the president did anything wrong or because they think he did something wrong, but it doesn't rise to the level of impeachment? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll try to work you into the conversation. And joining me to talk about this subject is somebody I have been following on social media about this subject throughout the process of this impeachment. Ron Fournier is president of the Truscott Rossman PR firm and former publisher of Crane's Detroit Business. He was also the Associated Press Washington Bureau chief for many years. Ron Fournier, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So as I said, I, I follow you on social media and I have My been... apologies. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but in, the, in recent weeks, you've really been talking a lot about this case against the president and the way that the Democrats have been handling it. And yeah. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that you have not been impressed by the way that they have pursued this issue. Yeah, it's, it's a massive missed opportunity. First, I look at this as someone who covered the Clinton impeachment um, as a White House reporter for the AP and as someone now who's a paid uh, communicator. Um, look, you have to look at this, first of all, what is your goal? The goal for the Democrats from the beginning should not have been to ha have him impeached or have him convicted because we know what's going to happen there. It should be about getting him beat in November to do whatever they can to undermine his credibility, his support among the key electorate. That is the small percentage of voters who are going to determine this election, your independents, your swing voters, your suburban voters. So from the very beginning, that should have been the target. And if instead of spending their time with a 1974 media campaign, which is basically let's hold hearings in the middle of the day when most people nowadays are working. Are working and right? paying attention. Um, why not a multi-million a multi dollar 
um, advertising campaign and earned media campaign that starts with a targeted digital ads following people around the internet that starts with paid social uh, media and, and an earned media campaign that is not a bunch of Byzantine process driven hearings in the middle of the day when we're all working, but go to prime time. They go to prime time in a modern way. This president has, has violated the law and violated the, um, the sanctity of our foreign policy in innumerable ways. Let's start with the 10 um, articles of obstruction laid out by Mueller. Let's start with um, um, bribery and extortion with Ukraine. And if every night there was one hour devoted on prime time, a crime of the day, um, that highlighted what he did and why it's harmful to all of us, um, and you back that up with a really aggressive, really expensive, the kind of social media campaign that Trump, by the way, his people are, are, are you know, solidifying his base uh, by doing right now. If we had a modern campaign like that, this is a slam dunk case versus the president that the Democrats right now um, have dropped because they, they're still acting like it's 1974. And they're spending all their time whining about how the mainstream media isn't calling him out instead of themselves getting their act together spending their money and make and telling the story about why he should never be president again. And by the way, it's a very compelling story. Why aren't they telling it? So, so if you look back at other impeachment proceedings, Pew yeah. Research did this recently, and they, they suggest that Americans actually embraced the idea of impeaching Trump, the ones who embrace it at least, faster than they were to embrace the idea of impeaching Richard Nixon during Watergate. Uh, and Bill Clinton's approval rating actually increased at one point during his impeachment ordeal. Right. So here we are in 2019, at the end of 2019, with these proceedings against President Trump. And you have a majority of Americans, according to most polls, who right. say this was wrong and he probably ought to be removed from office. Certainly a plurality, if not a majority. Sure. So the reason for that is two. Um, one is we're a much more polarized country. So a lot of people were against Trump right from the beginning including me. <laughs> um, uh, two, what, what this president has done is so far worse than anything Bill Clinton did, or even Richard Nixon did, that that um, also um, added to his negative value. The problem here is the Democrats haven't built on that. There's not been one person who's been converted from, um, if you look at the polls, from not sure whether to he should be impeached to him being impeached. Um, it's a very easy case to make that what he has done is something that we don't we want no other future president to do. Um, the problem is the Democrats haven't bothered to make that case. Yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put your comments there. We'll try to work you into the conversation. We've already got a lot of folks queued up to talk about this subject. Let's start with Mike in Gross Point. Mike. Welcome to the show. Good morning, team. Hey, uh, good morning. I'm really curious because it seems pretty clear to me that there was obviously somebody who was corrupt in Ukraine, and we've heard that. And Joe Biden worked really hard to get that guy fired. And from all appearances, it looks like we just said, let's get rid of that corrupt SOB so we can put in our own corrupt SOB. And I don't understand why there isn't this understanding that President Trump wanted to make sure we didn't have just more corruption based on Biden's son getting hired for a lot of money for what appeared to be nothing more than connection. Hmm. Well, because that's not what happened with all due respect. Uh, first, 
what what Biden pushing um, against and uh, the the, uh, the corrupt prosecutor was something the whole world was doing in a very transparent way. Um, Biden was part of a global move to push out uh, the former prosecutor. What Donald Trump did, um, if you look at the the um, the transcript or the partial transcript of the phone call that he put out, and if you look at um, his conversations on live TV, you know that have been taped and you can look at, this was not about. He's admitted that this was not about getting rid of a prosecutor or or or, or corruption in general in Ukraine. This was about digging up dirt and influencing his reelection campaign. That is something that is just asking for that help, even without a quid pro quo, just asking for that help is against the law. And that's not an opinion. It's, it's, it's a fact. So he, he had broke the law just by asking for that help. And then by saying, um, I'll give you the arms you need. Um, the, um, but I have to ask you a favor though. That is um, very close, if not actually extortion or bribery. I'll give you this if you give me that. That's what quid pro quo translates to in Latin. So with all due respect, sir, that what, you, what you just repeated back to me is what Republicans want you to believe, but it's just not true. And, and I think Mike's point of view and his belief in that point of view is testament to the effectiveness of that Republican message. They have gotten their, They've gotten across to a lot of people that somehow this is not really about Donald Trump and what he did on this phone call, but is about Joe Biden or about Hunter Biden right. and what they were up to. And Hunter Biden should not have been on that board. That is what he, being on that board is part of the swampiness that Donald Trump wanted to get rid of. But it's not, you can't, you, you, it doesn't conflate or mitigate what, what Trump did. I think what this is is a testament to how ineffective the Democrats have been as communicators. And again, I'm just talking about politics here. The, the case is slam dunk versus the, the president. But as a communicator, it offends me that the Democrats have, have not done a better job with their case, which is the truth. They have, they have somehow managed to fumble the truth. And instead of using all of the tools that the 21st century affords them, um, they are relying on uh, daytime hearings and a mainstream media that is no longer a gatekeeper and is no longer trusted. Hmm. They have the ability to go directly to voters. Why haven't they? Why haven't they done that? Yeah. Mike, uh, again, thanks very much for listening and for your call. Let's go to Mildred in East Point. Mildred, welcome to Detroit yeah. today. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here talking about this situation because I do feel this is a crux of our democracy is at um, – at the point where we need to make this work mm -hmm. for the sake of democracy and our country. And people who claim to be patriotic just don't see the facts. I'm with your guest saying the facts are the facts. This is what it was. He said it on tape. We need to stop playing. We go low, they go high, or they go low, we go high. We need to stop that. Tell it straight. Catch them when they call Democrats speaking this or that. The point I'm making terribly, I'm sorry to say, is no, it's okay, that <laughs> we need to really just tell it straight and be more direct. Okay, you say that, but the fact is, blah, 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 and get right back to them. Not trying to be polite and cordial about stating the case. Just get mm. right to it. No, he did this, and it's not, we don't like him. True, we don't like him, like Pelosi said. We don't like him, but the fact is, this and this and this is wrong. He's got to go for that. Mm. Not... We are trying to undo what the voters have said. No, the 
um yeah Mildred, i i yeah. i appreciate the call and the and and the thoughts uh ron fournier uh, talk about whether democrats are being too polite are they being too nice during this process and not being aggressive and and pointing out hey look this is a very simple this is a very simple thing to understand. He did these things. This is this is why they violate uh, his oath of office or the Constitution. And that's why he's got to go. My problem isn't with what they're saying. Um, I don't think the problem is that they're being too polite. Um, my problem is they're not being aggressive enough in how they're saying and where they're saying it. Again, we now have the ability that they can they can follow. Um, voters around who are going to be critical to whether or not he wins the election. They can follow him around the Internet and just pop the facts up in front of them with infographics, with short videos. You can show the president um, over and over again on every website I go to as a voter. I should be able to have popped up in front of me him literally breaking the law on live TV. Um, it should be explained to people that asking for help uh, for in your political campaign is against the law just asking for it. How many people know that? The reason most people don't know it is because the Democrats have not run a campaign um, that, that, that uses the tools that we have in the 21st century to persuade and inform people. Instead, they're debating on Twitter about whether or not the press corps is being aggressive enough and whether or not they, are, they, they should be less polite. It's not the tone that's killing them. It's their lack of uh, political and strategic communication savvy. There's also something to, I think, the way that the president communicates about these things. For instance, he, he, he constantly posts, read the transcripts. This was a perfect conversation. I did nothing wrong. It's a very simple message. And if you haven't actually looked at the summary that they release. It's not a transcript. It's actually a, a White exactly. House summary of it. You would see that he's wrong. Right. But I don't know that most people get to that level. I don't know that most well, people ever follow up. And so, Well, that's the problem. The Democrats haven't made sure that they have. They're expecting folks to stay home all day and watch 12-hour hearings that they let the Republicans uh, turn into a farce. Um, instead of just taking the facts and following people around as they live their lives— with the facts, you can now do that. They're debating over how strong a New York Times or a Washington Times story is, as if the mainstream matter, media really matters anymore. You now have the ability to target voters with facts. Why aren't Democrats doing that? Why aren't Democrats doing primetime TV um, 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 infomercials uh, that give people the facts um, when people are at home and able to watch it? Um, or sent the, to people's emails, right? So you right. watch it on your uh, laptop. The Republicans are doing this. Not only is the president making up lies and 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 saying it as if it's true, but then he and and, and, and he's not just being supported by the right wing media; he's also being supported by digital media. The Republicans are spending tens of millions of dollars to get these lies to people where they live and work. Why aren't Democrats spending tens of millions of dollars to get the truth to people where they live and to work? To counter that message, right. sure. Stop whining and start working is what I keep telling Democrats in Washington. Mm. Stop whining about the media and own the media. If, if you raise a little bit of money and spend a little bit of time, you could make sure Americans understand the facts. Mm. Now, let's go to Daniel in Detroit. Daniel, what's on your yeah. mind? Go ahead. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the Democrats have missed the message. I think they're, they're, they're not stating the facts correctly. You know, he had the proper chance. If he really wanted an investigation on corruption in Ukraine, he had the proper channels through the State Department and other departments that he controls. Mm -hmm. 
So if he wanted the Bidens investigated, if he wanted um, interference in the election investigated, he could have he could have asked his cabinet members to start working in that direction. He didn't have to go through the back door and then cover it up. And then, you know, we're only getting the redacted uh, version. I don't even think that the full version of the phone call was released, was it? No, we have not. We've not seen a transcript. There is no recording, we don't think. So so from my perspective, the full the full transcript could be the smoking gun. Um, John Bolton's testimony could be the smoking gun. If we don't hear from John Bolton during this process mm. under oath, then we haven't heard all the facts. Mm. Okay, uh, Daniel, so, I appreciate um, the I appreciate the call and the and the comments. Go ahead, Ron. Well, uh, great comments, Daniel. We already have the smoking gun. We have the summary of the call. Um, in which the White House itself confirms that he broke the law and um, um, extorted a favor out of Ukraine. Uh, we have the president on tape breaking the law, um, asking for political help on tape, both from the Russians and Ukraine. We have the smoking guns. The problem is um, um, uh, the Democratic Party has not been as effective as the Republican Party at presenting the truth as the Republicans have been about spreading lies. So look at how the caller started out. What if there was a 10-second ad all over the Internet that followed you around that said if the president wanted to investigate um, corruption in Ukraine, here's who could have done it and flash up a picture of an FBI agent. Instead, he sent this joker and flash up a picture of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I mean, th- th- there is a great case to be made against the president if the Democrats would get off their butts and make it. Uh, and I wonder what you make of the possibility then uh, of – that kind of movement among the public putting more pressure on Republicans. In other words, if Democrats were doing a better job of selling this and were at 60 or 65 percent or 70 percent of the public who believed the president was wrong and should be removed, it would be harder for Mitch McConnell, for instance, to say the things that he's saying about handling this trial as though he's just going to rubber stamp the whole thing and go through the motions and move on to other business. Yeah, this is where it gets nuanced and you have to keep your your eye on the mission. There's no way, even with a perfect media campaign in this environment, could you get 70, 75% of the people against the president. Of course, if you could, McConnell would have to cave. But we're not going to do that because we know how polarized the electorate is. This goes back to what I said at the beginning. The idea isn't to get 75% of the people against Trump. The idea is to get four or five percent of the of the uh, swing voters and independent voters who are going to determine this election in Michigan, Wisconsin, and uh, um, I'm forgetting the third Pennsylvania. State, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, you, we only have to move. We, if you if you if you think uh, President Trump should not be reelected, a few thousand people in three states. So target the case on those few thousand people where they live, where they work, and, and give them the information when and where they want it, which is on their phones is in, in a digital media campaign uh, complemented by an earned media campaign that is on TV in the evening. It's, it's not that difficult. You don't have to change a lot of minds, only a few. The Republicans are doing that. Mm-hmm. The Democrats aren't. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about how Democrats are handling impeachment. We're going to hear more from you as well. Glenn in the cast quarter, Mike in Chesterfield, Aaron in Detroit, Bernadette in Redford. We will get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Ron Fournier, president of the Truscott Rossman PR firm, former publisher of Crane's Detroit Business, and former Associated Press Washington Bureau chief. We're talking about the case that Democrats are trying to make to the American public that President Trump broke the law and should be removed from office. How come they haven't been more successful? Polls have shown since the beginning that about half the people believe that story and believe that that is the consequence that should play out. But they haven't been able to grow that percentage. They haven't been able to get more people to believe that that's true. Why is that? What are they doing wrong? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also Catch up with us on Facebook or on Twitter, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Glenn in the Cast Corridor. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey. hey. Hi, Stephen. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Sure. I have to say, you were talking about the numbers being flat in terms of changing, in terms of support for impeachment. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, he has got to be impeached and got to be removed from office. He's broken many, many, many laws, too many to go through. But I'm scared to death about this election coming up next year and the impact of the impeachment and of the trial and how that's going to be used by the Republicans and may make it difficult uh, for uh, may make the the second uh, term of of Trump possible. So Mm. that's that's my anxiety that comes up. And I think a lot of people are feeling that anxiety. The other thing is. We're so uncertain about who our Democratic candidate's going to be. And there's two, you know, two big differences. There's the conservative Democrat and the, the liberal, you know, the far left and the far right Democrat. So there's that issue. So that, that's, that's why I think the numbers have been flat. Hmm. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. This issue about the Democrats not being able to get the message out, like, this is not a new issue. We've been hearing this for years and years and years. You mean about the, the Democrats? Republic. The de- pardon? You mean about the Democrats? Yeah, about the Democrats, that they just don't seem to be able to get them the message. The Republicans are always successful at it. Of course, the Republicans have uh, Fox News and their entire organization and all those experts to mm-hmm. actually help them form their message and to get their message out. Why? Why is it? What is it about the Democratic Party? Hmm. And, and I would like Ron to address this. Why is it that they fail so miserably at getting their message out and making it simple? You know, I, I think that's a really great question, Glenn. And and I, I think part of the context for that question is actually the exceptions to that truth, right? So Bill Clinton in 1992 has a very, very simple message that he just absolutely rides into the White House. It's the economy, stupid, right? And he says it against a president who is totally uninterested in the things that Americans are experiencing in their pocketbooks. Uh, President Obama, uh, same idea, hope and change, this idea of yes, we can. Uh, Very simple message that resonates with lots of people. Hillary Clinton, though, in 2016, I, I would struggle to say what the message was of, of, of that campaign. And so I think we have examples on both sides of that equation from Democrats where sometimes they're great at messaging and other times they're absolutely atrocious. If I can go deeper, it's not just the messaging, you're exactly right, but it's the tactics you use to get that message to people. So Reagan um, um, won because he figured out TV in a way that Democrats couldn't. 
Clinton um, not only had the right message, but he figured out that at his time, local media was a lot more powerful than anybody had realized. So they had a huge local media apparatus that got him reelected in 1996. Flash forward to Bush. Bush got reelected because he was the first politician who brought micro-targeting to politics. The idea that everything that you bought, this was before the internet really, everything that you bought, all your purchases that could be traced, they could determine what messages uh, would best motivate you to vote. They used that to win states like Michigan in 2004, the first political campaign you do micro-targeting. What did Obama do? Not only did he have hope and change, but he was the first politician to take micro-targeting and overlay internet um, activity on top of it. So it's not just the message, it's using the modern techniques to get that message to people in a way that they understand it and where they want it. That's what Democrats aren't doing now. You could have the perfect slogan now. Basically, you do. <laughs> Trump should not be president. <laughs> you, know, you have a perfect case, but they're not using the modern tactics to get the message to people. Hmm. That's my big criticism with them. And, and our caller has a legitimate concern that um, uh, Donald Trump could be reelected because of how poorly Democrats are handing, handling the modern tactics of communications. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda on Twitter says the problem with the Democrats is that they're depending on people to make an intellectual assessment when people act out of emotion. This is what the Republicans understand and keep exploiting. Matthew on Twitter says saddest thing to me is we are not debating the facts, but how to sell it to people in order to make them believe it. That is the scariest thing to me. Facts don't matter. When does party over country stop? Uh, Ron, I want to talk a little about the consequences, the potential consequences of this impeachment hearing and inquiry. And if they go ahead and, as we expect, do it this week, a lot of people think that Democrats will pay for that next year at the ballot box. If you go back 20 years, though, Republicans had the same fears about what they were going to do with Bill Clinton. And then in... 2000, they won everything, the presidency and both houses of of Congress. So are we making too much of the potential damage that Democrats can yeah, do you, themselves? You have to be careful of, of historical analogies. For one thing, Democrats or Republicans lost in 1998 in the heat of impeachment. They lost the midterms. They really didn't win. Well, they won the presidency electoral vote, but they lost the, they lost the popular, popular vote, vote in 2000. In 2000. But did. there's no doubt that Clinton's impeachment, that whole scandal hurt um, hurt Al Gore. Um, I think if the Democrats party this time had done what Bill Clinton did in 1998, which was he he first he he isolated himself from impeachment. He got up every day and talked about how he was fighting for Americans. And he let a small team on his campaign weaponize the message against Republicans. That's what I urge uh, Speaker Pelosi to do back in June in an op ed in The Washington Post. She should have had a special committee loaded up with killers, the same kind of messengers that Clinton had at the White House in 1998, who were weaponizing the case against Trump in the way that I've been talking about this morning, while the Democrats only talked about publicly about what they're doing on health care and jobs and guns and all the issues that resonate around kitchen tables. Instead, they've, they, they have done an impeachment much like the Republicans did in 1998 and much like the Democrats did in 1974, and, and those, those eras are now dead. And so what Democrats should worry about now is when this case gets to the Senate, Mitch McConnell will control the trial. Mm -hmm. um, if Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump decide that they want this thing to go on for three months and they want to haul Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and, and every conspiracy theorist um, um, around in, in front of the TV cameras in prime time, um, and then they want to follow it around with a digital campaign, they're going to be able to do that. And, and that would worry me, um, or that does worry me, as someone who does not think that Donald Trump should be reelected. Mm.
Okay, Ron Fournier, president of the Truscott Rossman PR firm. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks for Thank coming you, by. All right, up next, we're going to talk with the perfect human, retired Detroit Red Wing defenseman Nicholas Lidstrom. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.